when we acquired GoIBO, then the group chief marketing officer. I think I got a chance to kind of look through the data across the firm, across all the line of businesses. So even if all line of businesses they manage their own PNL, but probably they don't know what is happening in the other line of business. So that gave me a lot more insight into their thought process, the way they define the growth versus you define the growth, the incremental plan versus a growth plan, in a true sense, and how to kind of go about it, right? How to convince yourself whether that is doable or not. Why do some companies succeed in driving growth while others fail? How do some individuals advance in their careers to lead teams that change industries? In the age of mobile, these are the stories of the companies shaping the way we interact with our world and the people who drive their growth. I'm Mada, and I'm the host for How I Grew This. Hi, everyone. It's an absolute pleasure to have our next guest, Sachin Singla. Sachin is currently the head of analytics and mobile marketing at Make My Trip, and he has come from over two, 12 years of experience in data science and has consulted from clients across the globe. Sachin, it's really great to have you here. Welcome to the show. Thanks, Mara. These are very crazy times. You are located in India, where I'm hearing from our team that shelter in place is more intense than in other parts of the world. Just tell us how you're doing during all of this. I think, yes, you're right. Uh, These are really um, tough times for us. And uh, we've been into the lockdown, or rather now it's unlocking, right, for the last five, four or five months. Cases are increasing, but I think so as the recovery rate. So that gives us a lot more confidence that we can just win over it. And I think for past three, four months, we've also learned to kind of tackle with the problem, right? So there is a straight away solution where you need to kind of uh, follow the norms. And if you follow those norms, then you are almost safe, right? So if you are wearing your mask, you're doing the whole sanitation. So I think those uh, steps have been really amazing, at least in terms of uh, making people confident that they are safe. So I think in all, uh, it's just that um, volume is probably high in India, but so as the recovery rate. So we believe that we all should be fine. How are you personally dealing with all of this? How are you... You know, has this been an interesting time for you? I I like to ask the guests that. I think it's just very interesting to hear how different people around the world are dealing with this. I wouldn't say that this is the most interesting times, but I think, yeah, for sure, um, this could be a slightly frustrating time as well. We've seen like both things, but the way this uh, problem has been there for last four or five months, I think this is uh, keeping us crazy. but yeah, there are certain benefits we have also drawn that we are now closer to family. We've got like too much time to spend with family. That's great. That's great. But I think overall, just to balance between the work and the family, because boundary of timelines is now diminishing, right? So now there is no more uh, the work time and the family time. There's no more cutoffs. Yeah. It's like seamless boundaries. Yeah. There no, not, not more weekends versus weekdays. So I think it's a kind of continuity that is kind of creating a problem. So there is no... Um, it's a kind of set routine now. So that is driving people crazy, I think. That's that. Anything you've learned, Any anything you've put in place to help with that? Any advice you have for others struggling with this? Um, I'm sure everyone has uh, learned uh, a lot out of, out of this. But yeah, most of the people have started focusing on themselves as well, alongside the work. Uh, probably we never thought about it because uh, otherwise we will be just working or Maybe we were just outside the home. Now, when you're sitting at home, you're also trying to pursue some of your hobbies or at least you've developed some of the interest, right? 
so that's what is happening a lot of people are learning to be more patient so for example earlier if a kid would speak up between the calls people would take it up as offensive but now yeah. i think it's all acceptable so I, i would say people are getting much more patient in terms of accepting those sort That's awesome. We can hear kids in the background now, which is awesome. That's the permanent feature now because they the don't have any other place to go, right? Oh, that's and, right. I love they it. don't understand this thing. Yeah, so I think that's what uh, at least I have learned and uh, during my own meetings, during my meetings with my leadership team, um they they are also pretty much accepting the same norm. So I think this is a good part going forward as well for all families. That's great. How about uh, you know, you you work in the travel industry and How do you think we were just chatting before the the podcast but how do you think this is going uh covid is going to affect the travel industry in the long term and, and how are you guys like you know, responding to all of this So um that that's a uh, pretty uh, the the most asked question I would say yeah. and everyone is uh, curious about that although everyone is just making estimates yeah but definitely few things are going to change in the long term as well short term it's uh, definitely hitting us hard right and travel industry is being affected the most but i think uh, as we are saying that as other things are essential travel is also essential right so we are saying that you can't be staying away from travel for long period of time right because it's yeah. part of your life and that's the motivation that we have and we believe that if we uh, strike the right code with the customer try to identify the gaps right where customers are more concerned about and if we take care of that then i'm sure that people would love to travel and that we are also seeing right as a green signals we are seeing as we have started unlocking as a lot of uh, sanitations is happening pr- across the board a lot of the partners in the overall travel travel ecosystem they are taking their own steps right so i think everyone in the supply chain and the ecosystem is trying to ensure that people have a safe travel so i think uh, that is giving us a lot more confidence because if everyone is trying to do their bit then definitely travel is possible and people would love to you know go back to their own memories and go back to the same old times but yeah the way they travel might be slightly changed that's the only thing that will happen that makes a lot of sense i completely agree with you i think as i look at, at my friends and people are starting to travel It's just I think people are taking a lot more precautions. They're more and I, and I, we see airports taking more precautions and I think travel will never go away. But what you said is true. The way we travel there might be more space so you know airlines are probably not going to pack even more. <laughs> we might go back to having more space in an airplane. Like there's just going to be a lot of interesting changes that I think are going to happen over the next few years. And I think it's also you know about making the procedure followed right because uh, end of the day travel um is multiple people using the same asset multiple times right be it that yeah. seats be it the bus seats be it the hotels right so i think now people will be much more concerned about all those sanitation things the personal hygiene factors right yeah. and i think this is happening across the board yeah that makes a lot of sense so you know let's go back to your career and your growth so far Tell us a little bit about your journey to today uh, in your role at Make My Trip. How have you kind of grown your own career and how did you get to where you are today? Okay, so I I basically started in 2005 when I graduated as a mechanical engineer and I joined a core firm which was into energy sector as a design engineer. 
and uh, that point in time being a mechanical engineer i was more interested into the automotive sector wanted to design uh, f1 cars that used oh, wow. to be my first crush and <laughs> i joined this firm yeah so i joined awesome. this firm thinking that uh, someday i might be a design engineer because this firm was into uh, it was a european major and they actually designed fastest tgv of france at some point in time so just wanted to be associated with that firm but uh, apparently energy and power sector was not something which was kind of my cup of tea and then uh, one day i met with my friend and then he told me about uh, the data analytics that point in time i never knew that what sort of job it would be i never i i had never used excel powerpoints before that because i was like too true core mechanical engineer but then i uh, interviewed with that firm uh, that firm was really small i was almost 50 55th employee but i still took a punt saying that probably i might go somewhere and even my parents were asking that why you are leaving a, such a big firm and then moving <laughs> into a small firm but uh, just uh, happened and i shifted to data analytics from there i think the journey actually started because the kind of people that i worked with in that firm right it was like 50 uh, 60 people work company but i always felt that as my own company right we always knew that whatever is happening in the company we had all the information right all bright people they they had certain aspiration right right from so peer group was really really amazing and uh, tried to you know work really hard understood a lot of concept into data science data science and analytics uh, roam around globe also uh, worked with uh, multiple geographies and uh, you know interacted with a lot of client in us singapore multiple geographies right so gave me a real good perspective and then in 2008 i went for my mba right uh, from that firm um then after my mba i joined again a firm into hedge fund space spent some time in uh, new york city supporting a hedge fund um so that was again a great learning working with all sort of cxos uh, gave us a, a totally new feel right being on the floor of a hedge fund now you can imagine how would it look like right just trying to see the traders and how the money is being managed right so that was like my first job job after mba uh, quite crazy job but yeah learned a lot there um yeah few mailers that i received in my first job i still remember that and uh, after that i never received those kind of mailers but yeah, <laughs> in my first job i got those mailers directly from the coo because money matters a lot right there it was all money game right so you can't really make a mistake at all um then i think uh, they they wanted me to move to us only because hedge fund is a us based industry and then i uh, thought that i just wanted to stay in india not wanted to move to us permanently and that's where i shifted the gear came back to data science and analytics industry and uh, again done the consulting 2015 is when i actually moved to make my trip and it just happened that i wanted to um and online was booming in india i just wanted to try something online in india and being from india i think it's intuitive for me right to just think from a consumer angle right and just to yeah. see you know how consumer perceive about a product and definitely online was something which was growing a lot eight years into banking i thought that i should shift a gear and then make my tip just gave me that chance probably they also wanted someone who was good with numbers and they um you know hired me Uh, to handle their overseas expansion into hotels so i basically managed marketing and revenue for one of the overseas acquisition based out of phuket but yeah i was based out of gurgaon only so that was a good experience and then uh, as we focused more on india business and uh, make my trip grew 
I actually uh, started managing the analytics piece and strategy piece for Make My Trip. Uh, worked directly with the chief marketing officer, and when we acquired GoIBO, then the group chief marketing officer. Um, I think I got a chance to kind of look through the data across the firm, across all the line of businesses. So even if all line of businesses they manage their own PNL, but probably they don't know what is happening in the other line of business. So I always had the uh, privilege to understand the complete picture because I used to kind of look at that one. And then um, the the best part was uh, since I was uh, working on a lot of forecasting and uh, you know managing the direction for the company, I interacted with also almost all sort of CDOs within the firm because end of the day um, they also need to kind of understand the plan and how they want to kind of execute it from a strategy angle. So that gave me uh, a lot more insight into their thought process, the way they define the growth versus you define the growth the incremental plan versus a growth plan in a true sense, right? And how to kind of go about it, right? How to uh, convince yourself whether that is doable or not, whether it is all almost a paper exercise versus what gives you confidence. And if you have to build that confidence, then what it takes to build that kind of confidence, right? So that kind of, you know, uh, gave me a lot yeah. of insights and definitely all CXOs uh, got a few good mentors as well in the process. Uh, they taught me a lot with all sort of knowledge as well as, uh, um, you know, their scolding that you need to really look at these matters. So all the nuances that you learn, right? So I actually, I was lucky that I work with almost all TXOs and try to understood their style of managing and the detailing that they would want in a plan. Right? So I think that gave me um, a lot more uh, confidence as well as uh, um, you know, help me at least in understanding the business. And then slowly, actually, I tried uh, managing the digital part of things as well. So right from analytics to managing the digital marketing, pick up the marketing nuances and moving to managing the marketing budgets as well across digital marketing. And that's where I picked up the mobile app marketing, which used to be pivotal, right, for Make My Trip Journey right now. App is the biggest piece, yeah. like one of the biggest pieces. And that also shows, right, the kind of uh, confidence that leadership showed me on me, right, from an analytics guy to a digital marketing person and then trying to stitch the story right across the board. So I think um, that was uh, just because uh, the overall culture was really good, right? And they were not really looking for big titles at that point in time. They just wanted someone who is ready to take that up. And I, I just happened to take that up. So... Yeah, That's so great. I think uh, that uh, way I've seen like multiple industries uh, throughout. I've worked with the core sector, then I've worked with consulting for eight years, right? And then now I'm on, on this side of table where I'm acting as a product guy, right? As a client for multiple companies, right? Working with a lot of client mentorship relationships. So I've seen like both sides. And that also kind of gives me um, a, a lot of perspective from a vendor side as well right because when i used to be on a vendor side right there is yeah. always a different perspective and you need to learn that because that kind of symbiotic relationship is really really important to make anything successful because you can't really win single-handedly so i think uh, that was the whole journey and even today um, i'm lucky enough to get that kind of work right moving more deeper into marketing um, trying to you know even run the digital marketing brand side trying to learn those nuances as well. So I, I 
personally believe that yeah that kind of movement from a pure analytics to a business function is something which is really commendable and that to a seamless one that's not something like which is a very abrupt one then all of a sudden they'll put you some somewhere so it's like looking at the data and then you start managing the whole shoe someday so that's how i've seen it so it's been like five years uh, with make my trip i've completed in june so, so awesome. i think that's Congrats. it yeah so that's it story my longest ever stint uh, with any firm You know, our stories are not that unsimilar. I actually also graduated in 2005 with an electrical engineering degree and then, you know, did that for a while and, real, and then I did consulting. We have, we have similar stories and I've been a branch now, I guess, almost six years. We started the branch. Uh, that, that's very cool. So how does your day look like today? What are the kind of, you know, how does a typical day, you, you manage a lot of different areas. How, how does a typical day look for you? So typically, um, I think morning is just to manage myself and my kids. <laughs> and then I basically, once I do that, right, and then I start with my uh, uh, work area. And uh, see, typically these days, uh, even though you, so there is no timing to start and end, right? So it's more of continuity. So there is no timing that you'll start at 9 or 8.30. So I think everyone is kind of digitally connected. It starts as soon as you wake up. So, so basically right now I'm part of multiple teams, managing multiple teams and each team has their own KRAs and, you know, there's a set targets that we are chasing to, right? So that they, they start to look at the numbers, right? Where we are, what is working, what is not working, where we are stuck. And then uh, it just follows through from there, right? So once you identify something is working for you, something is not working for you, then you actually have meetings with multiple multiple stakeholders because it's just not one team right which is doing the work and just trying to chart out right how to kind of reach closer to problems and then there are always certain uh, forward looking activities that keep going right so almost uh, we we have uh, team meetings every day so it's a daily connect with all the teams wow. every day in the morning and then by evening we'll try to have like one large meeting or at least within two days we'll have like one stand up for one hour so that we close where we are and what is supposed to be done on the next day so that way at least morning evening and in between we manage the kind of work so i think that's how um and given the fact that we are not physically meeting i think face time is really really important these days so if you are managing and if you're managing multiple people then at least you need to have one face you know call with them even if you discuss anything right that could be really wow. junk as well I mean, that's really important i mean i we started with that and i think in on our side we felt like people were having zoom fatigue after a while so we now we still have meetings but we don't do as many you know we like connect two or three times a week it just feels like sometimes we're in so many meetings uh, and that is happening because when it was lockdown it was also a motivational factor as well And I'll be open and honest, right? The way industry actually tanked and now it is actually moving up. So yeah. the two, three months time period that we have seen, right, which was like complete lockdown and it was a, at a standstill. Yeah. And you won't believe, right, you have to meet with people not to talk about the work only, but just to talk about, you know, how to actually sail through this. And we also had a discussion with all sort of seniors, our leadership team trying to help us out because even, for example, even um, our founder, Deep, also said, right, Uh, this kind of situation he is also not seen in his no, like, yeah. career, no right? one so, has. 
I mean, that kind of statement coming from deep angle in itself is a statement, right? Because if he is saying so, then for us also, this is like equally tough. But then all our leaders kind of, uh, they've done this kind of duty like next two, three months, meeting, try to meet as many people as frequently as possible so that people are motivated. Work will still get be get done, but I think it's more of to keep people engaged, right? Motivated. Right? That was the that all intent. Yeah. Now I think things are moving up. People know that trajectory is uh, uh, in positive direction. Everyone is feeling positive about it. Things are opening up. Yeah. So things are folding in a, you know, unfolding in a much better fashion. Now. So how does marketing look like for you guys right now? I mean, this is, um, I, I've talked, to, I've done a bunch of roundtables with others in the travel industry and we heard trends around people not acquiring that much, focusing on retention. It's a hard time, right? Like, when you think about growth during these times, what does that mean and how has it changed? Um, so I think now marketing has become much more strategic in nature and uh, it has been much more agile, right? So earlier marketing used to be you set the calendar, you actually yeah. think like, you know, few months is advanced, you block the monies or campaign and then you go about it, right? But now yeah. I think it's much more a flexible timing where your strategy has to be flexible enough to accommodate the changes, right? So effectively, uh, the way we are looking at it is to kind of keep a close watch, right? The way ecosystem is opening up, the way we are getting government announcements, the way uh, international markets are opening up, right? And basis that we try deciding that what needs to be done. So it's like framework is already in place. We build like complete thought to framework, okay, what... What if we are at this level? What if? So all sort of scenario building has been done. But you keep watching at what scenario level you are and then what to activate basis that scenario. So I think it's it's in that mode. So we've done like quite a few simulations, right? Not quite a few, I think it's more than that. Simulations have changed over time. Yeah. Even curves have changed over time, right? And even though I'm from data science, probably no one is able to predict no. uh, that well, right? Because yeah. the way... Things are moving. Uh, no one knows, really. Yeah. So two months back, we were thinking something else. Now we are th- thinking something else. I think that's the beauty. So it's almost uh, assessing on a real-time basis how the consumer is behaving, what they want. And there are a lot of indicators to it. And then basis that you actually customize your communication. Right? And at each kind of stage, you need to address their key concerns. For example, right now, safety is the bigger concern, probably. Right? So everyone yeah. is kind of taking over safety, but the question comes whether safety is the only thing you keep saying. It might be like overdone as well. So what is the right time when you switch the gear and start talking about safety is there, that's as a hygiene, but now let's go beyond this. So that transition is kind of being done and a lot of test marketing is being done. So it's not something that, because earlier probably you already knew that this is the kind of market indicators were pretty clear. But given the fact that indicators are not very clear, past data is almost on a toss. You can't really look at past data and past trends. So everything has to be retested, reassessed, and then only you push the pedal. So I think that's how things have changed a lot. So a lot more focus on test marketing, uh, understand the consumer, any, figure out whether it actually makes sense, and then move forward. Any any interesting things you found as you were doing these tests? Any any tests that you've done that worked well or failed uh, that maybe the listeners can learn from? 
so yeah so i think uh, this is the right time to you know go much granular so the broad based marketing is probably not good at this point in time because not every for example geolocation right is in the same status right now yeah so one overarching theme might not be really good for almost all for example if i take india as an example right india is a real diverse country even within states you have different laws different uh, locking uh, situations few per- uh, areas are unlocked few areas are not locked their uh, total culture is different right so now you can't really go with a single message across the board till the time everything is on the same page so yeah. is the time to really customize as per the cool. customer needs and segments so i think this is the real time to utilize your data power and data analytics right i think this is the yeah. time to use that this is the perfect time to use that i didn't even think of that 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 makes a lot of sense so everyone the way you communicate with, even at the and it's true i think around the world even if you look around where i live like different counties have completely different rules in some places you can go to a hotel and and in like two miles later further you can so it's yeah that's very interesting and travel is mostly an emotional thing right so i mean whenever you start and people do relate to it right so it's a, it's a it's not just a commodity it's a feeling right so end of the day when you talk about that you need to understand the state of mind of that customer right because for a particular customer who are probably in a locked in area versus for the customer who are free to move around there is a total different psyche right so now if you talk the same thing with both guys then actually you are creating a problem right because they won't respond well to the same cue even if they want to and i think you can even hurt someone like if you say hey they can't travel and you show them all these options <laughs> they might start like actually not feeling that great interesting that that's really great so you know going back to you kind of like your career you talked about mentors you talked about your growth what's one thing that maybe we can find on your linkedin that you think and it's not necessarily like your direct career what's one thing about you that you think helped you know with the transition all the transitions you've done and like going to a leadership position linkedin profile is uh, almost what we write right that is yeah. uh, more of a static timeline right so that doesn't uh, include anyone or the 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 humans who who have actually influenced a lot right who have supported a lot right in the whole process and then the kind of uh, i i would say the jump uh, steps that i've taken right um where i am not sure whether those were like really thought through steps or i just happened to kind of take that uh, it's more of a, a hunch and then you just move on those things uh, you won't find in there but i i totally believe that you know all my team members my peers and my at least few mentors i've got right they've actually helped me a lot and then it's also sometimes matter of time and luck right when you want to really move to a certain things and certain things just pan out right now if i just look at like 5 years back i never thought that i'll move from a banking financial services hardcore consulting career to a marketing career right yeah um even though i've done mba major in finance and marketing both but i think i was more of a finance inclined person more of a data inclined person i would ne- i would ne- never imagine myself in the marketing shoes and i don't know i mean how it will pan out even in future but yeah i mean that's a quite significant shift for myself 
So I think those things are is really difficult to capture. But yeah, sometimes it just um, happens. So that's the path that you take. So if you look back at, at the way you've taken advantages of opportunities and your career so far, what kind of advice do you have for others who maybe are starting their careers in marketing and growth and data analytics, are thinking of one day getting to a leadership position? What are some things they should do? How they should, how should they approach this? Again, uh, as when I started with my career, I, probably I was also not very clear. And even today, I might not be truly clear, right? Till the time I actually grow older and I also get to learn more. But a few things I've noted, right? Um, basically, people t- tend to make boundaries, right? So they they try to say that this is my area of work. This is only what I want to do. Even though it's good that you understand what you want to do, but sometimes you need to kind of broaden your horizons, right? You should not put silos that if you are into data, then you will remain into data. You need to really open up your mind and to, if given a chance, you should also try other areas as well. Because otherwise you will never know the perspective. You might be specialist at one yeah. thing, but to reach to that level and to be able to guide people, right? So you could be really good at doing data analytics probably if you just do hard, learn all the technical stuff. That is probably an easier step. But to just build a perspective, right? Just be able to provide that kind of broader context, right? If someone is doing, then why they are doing? What is the benefit, right? That is something which is like important. And also, even if you are in data analytics, till the time you move across different zones, areas, you would not be able to explore the power of the data, right? You would not be able to explore the real, real use cases. You might still be using the techniques, but you don't know how to apply it. So I think the only uh, thing that I have learned in my career and I would expect others as well, even today I'm open to do something different. I don't really want to kind of make a moat around my turf. I don't want to really say that now this is it, this is my role and I want to do only this role. So I think it's more of a, you should uh, keep your thoughts much more broader and try to understand or work across the areas if you happen to get it. It's not bad to even work in a specialized area, but I would always think that if you work in different areas, different sort of people you tend to meet. And that's where you build your perspective. It's not the work. I think it's the people that build the perspective. So find good people and try new things. Try be open to being to being outside of your like comfort zone. Yeah, because I had done BTEC, there were similar kind of people. Then I had done MBA. Again, there were like similar set of people. Then I went to consulting. Again, sorry to say, but similar kind of people. But when I moved to a product role and say in Make My Trip, I actually happened to meet a lot of different people, right? Right from marketing to product to customer service to tech to finance. Yeah. Because everything is being managed, right? So each person has their different thought process, right, of working. So you work with creative people as well. You work with UX design people as well. Their thought process is entirely different, right? The content people, they think in a very different manner. Right. So that gives you a lot more insight, which you probably won't get through your work. So I think that thing is really interesting to kind of learn and grow yourself and try to think beyond what you can actually think. I think that's what at least I've learned. And going forward also, I'm always open to try out something different. I love it. I think that's great advice.
We usually end with a lightning round with three fun questions that I am going to ask you now, and I hope you're ready. So, question number one, if you had to delete all the apps on your phone and you could only keep one, what would you keep? Make better. <laughs> no, just kidding. I'll just keep uh, probably the phone dialer app because uh, on my phone, I think if I can call up someone, that is uh, at most important to me. At least you should be able to talk to someone. That's, That's great. Really important. And I remember my old days when we never had the, the Android phone or the smartphones. We used to have the feature phones. I mean, those days were really good. People used to yeah. at least call. Now you'll yeah. get WhatsApp, SMS. So I think things have changed a lot. This question definitely breaks the introverts versus the extroverts. The extroverts all say, what's up with the phone app? And the introverts are like, a reading app, Spotify. <laughs> <laughs> so I assume you are an ex- I'm assume you're an extrovert based on your answer. Absolutely. I would love to talk to people, right? Not just the text. Texting is not something which I love. But yeah, talking to people, I love a lot. Okay, so if you had to an app that would allow you to talk to a type of animal or a specific animal, what would you pick? What animal would you pick? That's a crazy question. <laughs> um, yeah. If I have to talk to an animal, then <laughs> it'll be a lion. Why a lion? I don't know. I mean, just want you to understand what goes in his mind when he knows okay. like he's the best, right? So just trying to understand <laughs> then what sort of thinkings and the attitude he carries, right? So good to probably hear from himself. Uh, how he feels about it. Other feels about it that everyone knows. But how he feels about it, I don't know. You're the first person who picked lion. We've had tigers and monkeys and others, but you're the first lion. (laughs) The last one is, what's the most unlikely app on your phone that people who know you well would be surprised it's there? I have a photo editing app on my phone, whereas uh, I'm not really good at either... um, either in photography or not really interested as well. But I still have uh, Adobe Photoshop app on my phone. That's great. I have a bunch of those as well. I used to be actually into photography, but startup life. <laughs> but I still I still download all, you know, I have like one day I'll get to like get back into photography. So By any chance you were in Boston or somewhere? I was not in Boston, no. Because I've visited Boston, it's a it's an interesting area to look at, and I really like the area. I've seen a lot of people, photography enthusiasts there. I've not seen anywhere else. I mean, so many people alongside Charles River, probably it's a university area. People yeah. are fine, just keeping their tripod there, waiting for the best shot, or I don't know. But yeah, I've seen like a lot of people. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, there, yeah, I have traveled to Boston, but I didn't. I never. Yeah, Boston. probably you should go and spend a day or two there not uh, from that angle and you'll find a lot of things there. One of my best friends moved to Boston, so I will now that I know when I go visit her. I used to stay at uh, New York City and then uh, from there, if you go to Boston, uh, life changes a lot. So Boston is a very nice student area. You can actually chill out. Very nice place. I I totally liked it. Well, uh, thank you so much for your time today. This was awesome. I think I learned a lot both about you and you know kind of like how you manage your career which I think was really interesting and about the travel industry so uh, thanks for joining us today Sajin. Thanks Mada. Thank you so much for listening. If you like the show please leave a review wherever you listen to this and share with someone trying to grow their career. Until next time keep growing. <laughs>